What's up, everybody? My name is Mitchell Manis. Welcome back to episode five of the Hogline Podcast. We are on the road. First episode on the road. We are live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the greatest city in America. You got it. You got it. Uh, I that is. I'm going to introduce today's guest. Today, it is my father, Brian Manis. Say what's up to the people. (laughs) Hello, everyone. People. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we got a lot to get into today. uh, the World Cup wrapped up. We are going to start off with that briefly. Uh, and then we will be getting into the British Open. Uh, for all you golf fans out there, uh, exciting time. It starts on uh, this Thursday and it will go to Sunday. Early mornings, uh, you know, got to get up around 5 or 6 a.m. for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, we're going to be talking to Le'Veon Bell, uh, his contract situation and what that means for the future outlook of him and the Steelers and all that. And then that'll be a nice transition into uh, our fantasy football talk to close out the show as we've been doing for the past few episodes. Sound good? I believe you just said we're going to be talking to Le'Veon Bell. Oh, no. That that would be be awesome. Oh, I would would have a few things to say to him if we were talking to him directly. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell. Well, he'll listen to this. Sure, I'm sure. (laughs) Hopefully, yeah, we'll see him following. Oh, man. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Talking to. No, not Le'Veon. All right, well, I'm going to start off by talking about the World Cup final. Uh, my dad is not really a soccer fan, can't really comment too much on the World Cup. And, and unfortunately, I know this is kind of sad. He didn't as, know who was in it. He, he did know who was in it. Let's right. give him some credit there. Uh, I unfortunately, I know this is kind of sad because I've been hyping up the World Cup and I've been watching most of the games, but I did not get to see the final. But uh, I was following it along and, um, yeah, I was looking at all the goals and stuff. Uh, it looked like it was a pretty... I mean, France kind of dominated it. Uh, I mean, it was 1-1, I know that. But then France scored uh, those two goals within a span of six minutes. When did Croatia score their goal on themselves? Was that goal number that was, three? That was the very first goal that of the game. The first goal. Okay. Uh, it looked like it was in the 18th minute. And Croatia's been getting down, though, early in games. And they've been able to come back in them, so... And they did tie it up like 10 minutes later with that goal. But then France just proved to be too much, and they were the more talented team going into it. So I was pulling for Croatia. He was. Why were you pulling for, for Croatia? For many different reasons. For first of all, they have a cool crest on their flag. All right. And I, and I have a good friend who's Croatian, so uh, that was uh, so I was pulling for him. I'm not, you know, and they're underdogs. They're underdogs. Um, yeah, I'm not, as far as France goes, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of France. Uh, I do like their. Don't like. You I do don't like, like their, their toast. People. I like their toast and their fries and their kisses. You do make a mean French toast. <laughs> the toast and the fries and kisses. All right. I'm a big fan. <laughs> oh of that. god. That's the only okay. thing I have the French. Let's keep French. it PG. No French kissing on this it's show. PG. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Croatia. They put up a good fight. They didn't get shut out. And um, you know, other than scoring, I didn't see how they scored their on their own goal. Was it, it was like a, a mistake, or was it just like they no, were kind I of mean, passing towards a goal and just what happened? It was kind of just like a. <laughs> Please report that to me. A misdirected header. 
Oh, misdirect a header. Oh, well, that's even. Yeah, I know. It's not. It wasn't like. It's like deflecting off of someone's stick. That's all. Yeah. So, you know, or a skate. You know, if you're just you know in hockey. Exactly. It wasn't like. Ah. It wasn't. Ah. It wasn't too bad. That's alright. But, an own, an own goal nonetheless. Well, yeah. Such uh, a small country. Yeah. No, hats off to them. They really yep. they were underdogs going into the whole entire tournament. Awesome. They were not expected to go this far, and uh, they played very well in the whole entire tournament. Wait, they played who to get in? Who, who England, 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 England to get in. England to get in. That's a formidable team. That England was a uh, favorite for the whole thing, weren't they? Mm, they were up there. England or uh, they, they're it? always. I think they're always talented, but they've disappointed as well. England in their fair share of tournaments. Yeah. Uh, hats, hats off to Croatia. Yeah, hats off to them. But France was the far more talented team, and they proved Correct. so. Uh, goals by Paul Pogba in the 59th minute and Mbappe in the 65th. Uh, Mbappe really showed the star that he was in this tournament. Mbappe. Mbappe, yeah. Isn't that a cool name? Oh, there he is. Mbappe. Yeah, right there. Yep. That is, that yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah, he could be, uh, you know, he could be replacing potentially Ronaldo at Real Madrid. Anything really? is possible. Yeah. I know Ronaldo. He left Real Madrid. I know, That's I know a big Messi, story. I know Messi. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, just trying to throw in something. I, I really like. I, learned, I will be looking forward to the World Cup in another eight years. Eight in, years. That's an well. No, 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 no. The next one's in four years, but if, it's, right. it's in the U.S. in the eight years. That's oh, what we're talking about. Okay, I'll probably be more into it. I'm more of a homer, and yeah, when things get the something of this magnitude, when it gets on on the home soil, I'll be a little bit more interested. And U.S. gets that them. automatic bid to the oh, yes. 2026 World Cup. What happened? They just opted not to not to play, or they oh, they, not, they didn't qualify. Didn't qualify? Yeah, that's not good. All right, so yeah, yeah, we'll be there in eight years. But yeah, every four year, every four year, that's what. Uh, looking forward to another four years. Yeah, and uh, the, I mean, I know I said this on the previous two episodes, but I was really impressed with the play in this tournament. I thought it was very exciting. Uh, a lot of good runs, as we said with Croatia. They were it, it was very unpredictable to put it simply at that but yes there were a lot of close games i did watch some of some stuff towards the end there were a lot of games that were you watched that side. you watched that belgium japan game <clears throat> i watched that one the south korea game when they pulled it out over um who did south korea beat but they beat someone south <laughs> korea yeah in the i yeah they didn't make the knockout stage yeah i don't, I don't know i'm there was just a lot, a lot of, of games went to the last you know the last oh yeah definitely portion last seconds of the game or last couple minutes i should say it was decided then so that was exciting a few penalty kicks in the knockout stage it was just it was a good all-around tournament and um very exciting i think it lived up to the hype uh so that's going to conclude our world cup talk uh probably won't talk much soccer but uh it's pretty much when i only get into the soccer is when the World, the World Cup, Cup comes around. But, so, uh, tune in another four years. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about the British Open. Uh, we are very excited for it. Uh, it starts this Thursday, bright and early at 4 a.m. Uh, and it'll conclude on Sunday and around noon. Uh, so, last it is low. Very we, excited. We have had trouble pronouncing where it is being played. What are we going with now? Carnestai. Carnestai? Carnestai. Carnestai. That's what we're going with. Carnestai golf links. If it's wrong, it's wrong, but we're going to refer to it as Carnestai throughout this episode. Uh, it is in Angus, Scotland. Uh, and we've looked at the... Scotland. Scotland. That was... A, that was good. <laughs> I don't Scotland. Have a, I don't have a good Scottish accent. I don't want to even attempt that. Uh, yeah. Last year's winner, Jordan Spieth at Birkdale. He won yeah. by a margin of three shots. Uh, that's when he had that infamous... He like took thirty minutes to take a shot, and that was kind of yes. annoying. Uh, but yeah. obviously, he's very talented. We'll be talking about him and many others as we get into that. Uh, the weather looks okay. 
I looked at that. Yeah. It's some showers and sprinkles on uh, on Friday. It's the only thing, but the uh, only day it seemed like, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's going to be windy. Uh, that'll play a factor into it as every time a tournament's played over in Europe. Uh, but uh, overall, not too bad. I mean, I look at it, 71 on Thursday, 69 on Friday, 67 on Saturday, and 73 on Sunday. And sunny, mostly sunny for most of those days. I Like uh, Brian said, ch- chance of showers on Friday. Uh, but, I mean, I'm sure they will, if it's not too bad, they will just have to power through that. And every, it'll affect everyone, pretty much. Uh, yes, we have the odds. Uh, there's your local forecast. Yeah, if you live in the Angus, Scotland, there's your uh, <laughs> Wear Weather podcast as well. That's right. Uh, yes, yeah, so we have the odds uh, as of a couple hours ago for the tournament of who is favored to win. Just to highlight, run down the first uh, few of them. We've got Dustin Johnson, the favorite, at 12 to 1. Top 10. Top ten, yeah, I'll read the top ten here. Uh, Rory, second, sixteen to one. Also I, I, with I gotta say it, Rory, Rory, <laughs> Rory McIlroy. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose also at sixteen to one. Last year's uh, defend, defending champion Jordan Spieth at twenty to one. Justin Thomas at twenty one. Tommy Fleetwood at twenty to one. Kepka, the U.S. Open champion, last major at twenty to one. Back to back. Yeah, back to back. Hats yeah. off to Brooks. And John Rahm also at 20, 20 to one, excuse me, uh, and Jason Day coming next. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger at twenty five to one. I feel like Tiger's honestly oh has been overranked in terms of odds and favorites going into tournaments. I did, I don't, I don't know. We can say he's Tiger Woods. I believe in you know I believe in the uh, the Tom Brady the goat until someone knocks him off. He's still the goat. Tiger Woods, you know, I, I'm sure he's yeah he's been knocked off. But I'm just Tiger. Saying, I was say, also nine the last time respect. Tiger won a major. What's that? I was also nine the last time <laughs> Tiger won a major. So that is wow, really? Yeah. Wow. The facts are the facts. That is okay. Uh, so out of these top names and these favorites, who who jumps out at you? Who jumps out at me? Um, I tell you what, um, Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, I go with like the. Uh, the people of the homeland, uh, not besides besides Rory, uh, I really like Justin Rose and Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, they're just uh, Tommy Fleetwood's uh, up and coming. He's been hot for the past uh, couple years. The, the the top ten finishes he's been in. Uh, he just he's he's got he's a small he's a, of of small stature, but the small stature people. He still um, he still strikes it well. Still strikes it well, yeah. Kind of like going back to the uh, Corey Pavins and the. Uh, other, you know, the Ian uh, or the uh, what's the name, Ian Poulter. Um, the uh, no, he's I'm sorry, I'm thinking of someone else, but uh, I'll get I'll get his name. But anyway, the small, I like their the way they play, obviously, um, in these types of conditions. Um, on yeah. their, on, their, on their homeland. So yeah, those are the ones that jump out at me right now. Uh, Justin Rose, um, Rory and Tommy. Not Rory, no, just oh, Justin Rose and Tommy. Okay. I just said you know besides besides oh, Rory. Yeah, the Eng- the English people. Right, correct. Right? British. Yes, that's correct. You're uh, correct. yeah. Very fair, very valid points there. I the names that jump out to me are uh, Jordan Spieth and John Rahm. Mm. Uh, obviously, Jordan Spieth. We talked about him as the defending champion at Birkdale last year. Uh, it, just someone, I think he's the most talented golfer today, and he will be for the next decade. Honestly, Rahm. No, no, no. I'm Did talking you, about Jordan Spieth Jordan right Spieth, now. I'm sorry. No, he just when someone's that talented, they they can win any tournament and any tending tournament they play in, they are a threat to win. Certainly. So you can't yeah. ignore him. And John Rahm, he's been uh, I know he's been, you know, up and also up and coming as well as Tommy Fleetwood. But 
he's a big guy, big, uh, he hits it far, and he just really checks off all the boxes, and I know he's still young and still got plenty, plenty of years ahead of him, but he's going to put it together and win it sometime. But I'm it, looking at the, uh, <laughs> at the next era. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pick that person going back a couple of years, and, and Jordan Spieth definitely pops out. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like going back, way back to the Gary Player and the Jack Nicklaus era. And the Arnold Palmer, the dominant figures, the dominant figures of that of those decades. Obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for the next one. It went from, it went from Nicholas, and it went. Uh, he he carried it on until he was forty. You know, until the eighties. Well, forty six. You know, when he won his uh, the last Masters in eighty, eighty six. Um, I'm just looking. And obviously, we know we know who came next was Tiger. I'm looking for that next one. And, and Jordan Speed definitely has that. Yes, DJ is coming up. Um, on everyone's radar, as far as like who will be the dominant figure for the next, uh, and, and you know, the perennial favorite of of, of Phil. Uh, I'm a big Phil fan. I think a lot of people are. He's the crowd, you know, crowd favorite. But uh, I'm just trying to look at who will be dominant in the next ten years from now. And, and Jordan has a got it going. He's got a yeah. Four uh, majors. Uh, four majors. Right. Already so, what twenty? He's only twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, I don't even I'm, know. But yeah, that, yeah. We'll say mid twenties. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. <clears throat> but I'd like, um, if we're pro- talking favorites right now, and if we're going to talk a little bit more, you know, as far as like the in-depth of the course, which, um, how we feel it, 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 it's going to be playing. I, I heard I, it's got slow greens. That's slow, what I is, read. That what, is that what you hear? Yeah. What's the stint meter reading on it? Oh, I don't know all that. Do but... you know what a stint meter is? No. <laughs> <laughs> Measures the, well, whatever, we'll get into that later if you want to. But uh, it's, I heard it's slow a measuring tool of the greens. Okay, yeah. I, uh, you only cut the green, the collars over. Yeah, in my golf course, uh, golf course employment history, I did not cover that. The stint, <laughs> the stint, whatever, the stint meter. Stint meter? No, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. Uh, but yeah. That, but they're running. They're running. Slower. Slow. I, I I heard slow. That's what I read. Hmm. So not a lot of rain over. There. Maybe it has rained. Who knows? I didn't yeah. check the forecast. You know, from the previous week or so. But the conditions look good. It's a long course. It's one of the tougher ones. It's in top twenty-five in the world. I'm excited to see if he can play there. And of all this, of all these sports, I love the 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 prize at the end. This is one of the besides the Stanley Cup. Declare I think the Claire Jug is one of the coolest <laughs> coolest trophies to get. Obviously, it's one of the majors. But yeah, I'm excited for when I like all the majors of the uh, of, uh, of, P- of in the PGA, but um, you know the Masters is my favorite with the uh, with that. But as far as like the actual trophy, uh, you know, an actual the trophy of any very major picturesque sport. when then they hold it up and win it. I like the Claret Jug, the Claret the Claret Jug is the way I call it. <laughs> the Claret Jug. You sound like you're choking. Jeez. <laughs> oh yeah, say Scotland, I, Ronnie. All right, that's that's enough of that. I mean, yeah, you you can throw that in at random okay. times. Um. Yeah, who out of the people we didn't mention of the towards the top of the favorite, who is somebody that we didn't really mention is not really being talked about a lot as a dark horse candidate? Who do you like there as a sleeper? Dark horse? Yeah. I've been thinking of that. Um, I really think, and you may think I'm way off the charts with this, but um, I really think Lee Westwood is going to win one. He's going to win a major. How old is he? He's getting old. He's not, you know, I, he's not the. Uh, He's getting up there, put it that way. He's in his 30s, late 30s, maybe even, I think he might be even in his early 40s. I'm going to look that up real quick. Look Lee it up Westwood. real quick. But Lee Westwood, um, if you're looking at Dark Horde, the odds are really against him. But uh, wouldn't it be something to win one, you know, in the homeland, or not, not his homeland, but over in, in Europe, uh, to be his first major? Everyone's looking for that story. 
And uh, he always, uh, he, he's in the past five years, he's 45 years 45. old. 45? Oh, man. It's I don't know. Tough, huh? Can he run with these young guns? No. I, I mean, my favorite, my front runner is going to be Justin Rose. But um, if we're, you know, we're talking about dark horses. Yeah, that's why it's a dark horse. Any, anybody could. Anybody could. That's why it. I said dark horse. You know. Right. Even he's playing it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if, if, he's not, not, if he's not playing it. Then I'll you know I'll come back in a later episode. I'll, that would be even more shocking. Yes, exactly. It would be even more shocking. But. Enters the field one day before the tournament starts. Okay, <laughs> right. That'd be funny. But how uh, about Luke Donald too? <laughs> Luke Donald. Uh, I got Mark Leishman as my dark horse candidate. Uh, talented golfer, but he has never won either. And. I don't think he's won, right? I don't know, but he he's at least has won a major. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. I didn't think so, he but not. he's played well in them. He's that. got uh, three, he's got three top six finishes in the Open in his last four starts. Okay, so he's played well in it in the years, uh, recent years, and he's thirty four and he's never won. So we've seen a lot of first time winners come over the past year. We've seen Patrick Reed. We've seen Sergio. Uh, Brooks Kepka last yeah. time. Oh, yeah, um, in the past two years. A lot of first-time winners. A lot of first-time winners. So Leishman is someone who is talented, and he could put it together for four days. If Maybe maybe has one bad day. He can put together a complete tournament, I think. he's a, And he wasn't listed on these. Uh, yeah, he was towards the bottom. He They have him at 40-1, to one, but still outside the top 10, I think he could make some noise in this tournament. My dark court. The, re, the reason why I mentioned Ian Poulter before is because I, you know, I he was on my list. I I, I like Lee Russwood. Um, you know, I have to see if he is playing, but you know, Ian Poulter would be my other would be my dark horse. Okay. To come up and win it because he has the uh, talent to do it, and you know, once again, winning it over in the uh, in Europe would be something. Being a first timer. Yeah, and I I mean, golf is like in a way like the World Cup how, how unpredictable it can be at times you know and I know we, we don't want to make too much of a deal of the weather but the weather could honestly play a big factor you saw at uh, I know that the, the U.S. Open was US Open. that was just a tough course and the uh, Kepko won it I think he won it even or something like that but the yeah. scores were not very good they were well remember the first day is what we're getting to as far as like the conditions the windy conditions the way they started out yeah yeah I know and I, I checked the wind also at a uh, in Agnes Scotland, and it's going to be. Where? Ag- Ag- I don't <laughs> no. know. Scotland. Oh. No, I'm sorry. No, the course name. I thought you were going to get on me for the pronunciation of that. <laughs> Scott. No, I'm not. I'm not attempting my Scottish accent on here. I told you that. Uh, yeah, I mean the weather obviously could play a big factor, as we've mentioned. Um, so let's put our money where our mouth is. Give me your official prediction. Who is winning it all? Uh, Justin Rose. Justin Rose. Justin Rose. Out for the reasons you mentioned before, you know he's obviously a talented guy. Has done it before, won a major before, his, and uh, his and his his play, his play recently. Yeah, you have to look at how they how they you know how they start off the uh, the season, not just with the majors, but uh, uh, since like the um, the players and everything, all the other tournaments that are before. And he's he's uh, he's uh, he he stares them down. He's got a stern. He's got a cool, calculated uh, approach to the game. Um, he doesn't really. He's not too flashy. He just plays the uh, plays the course to their conditions. Um, doesn't try to overpower anything. And he's kind of like one that uh, he's kind of one that everybody forgets about, in a way. A little you know, bit, have, yeah. A little bit. And all of a sudden, you know, you're 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 looking at all the big names. All of a sudden, oh yeah, Justin Rose is up in the top ten. Oh, Justin Rose, he's creeping up. He's in you know the top five of any tournament. And then um, you know did it a couple of years. I think his last one was at the Marion. Uh, and I think it's about you know it's due time. And, you're uh, definitely he, right. I well. I like his. I like his demeanor. He's very cool and collected out there. He doesn't really 
whereas the motion's on a sleeves where mm-hmm. I think in golf that's obviously it's 75% mental sometimes you know what I mean so yeah he's very good point. yeah exactly so yeah that's uh, two on pick of Justin Rose All right. definitely like good this. call uh, my official prediction is Tommy Fleetwood Tommy Fleetwood Tommy Fleetwood uh, yeah and we talked about a little, little about a little bit about him in the beginning as we were transitioning to the British Open here but Tommy Fleetwood obviously one of the uh, hottest golfers on tour you know he's finished he finished tied for 17th at the Masters uh, he finished tied for fourth at the Zurich Classic in New, or- New Orleans I think that was earlier this year and at the U.S. Open, he finished uh, second. And he, you know, he always puts together a run on, in, in the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. He uh, shot 66 at the Masters on Saturday. Right. And on Sunday at the U.S. Open, yeah, Tommy Fleetwood. He, uh, 63 on yeah. Sunday at the U.S. Open. So he always puts together a late run, and I like that about him. Uh, you know, he's good off the tee. I think he's top 15, top 20 on tour right now off the tee. And he actually has the course record at uh, Carnesty. Yeah, yeah, 63. 63. So he's played there well. I think the course conditions support his game. And I, like I said, I just really like him. I think he has a lot of momentum. And there we go. I'm going with Tommy Fleetwood. He's definitely one that's in the uh, in that <clears throat> category, I think, to, uh, to have quite an impact in the, in the, in the next decade. Um, not necessarily. I think you know he could probably string together and put together maybe one or two more majors. Uh, but he's definitely going to be in the hunt a lot, like you know, all the points you just brought up. And uh, I think he's got it going on. He's in, he's within that circle of uh, of speed, right? Future speed of you know Fowler. Well, I'm always pulling for Ricky. I love. I'm a big you know Ricky fan too. Uh, yeah, we got to talk I, about Ricky for a second. Well, I think it would be, his, it'd be I, a shame if we didn't. I, I his his first major. You know, just in my heart, I went. I wanted to be on his on his, on homeland. Uh, but um, he has the potential of you know surprising us this uh, this upcoming weekend. But uh, you know, he, he, Ricky's within that group um, that I'm mentioning as far as like you know the going transitioning from the from the Palmer to the Nicholas to the to the to the woods and then um, he's actually getting up he's he's in his 30s now yeah he's getting up there in age True. but i like i Phil didn't win a major till he was in his 30s mm-hmm. so yeah. and bubba didn't win one till he was in his 30s so you see all these guys that we hi- held high and are prestigious golfers and they didn't win one till their 30s so right ricky's too talented not to win one and Correct. his time is coming so if not this time It'll be within the next few years, but I, I yep, yeah, certainly he could certainly uh, put it together this weekend, and he was listed at the top of the odds. So, and my prediction also for our for our favorite uh, and for our fans out there, uh, Hideki will we lo- we, will win one, and it, and I want it to be uh, yeah, I want it to be at the U.S. Open that I'm attending. <laughs> Hideki, you have the full Hideki. support of the Hogland podcast. If oh you're, yeah, I know you're listening, Hideki. Hail to Hideki. You uh. You're a fan favorite here Definitely. at the Hog Line. We're pulling for you, buddy. If you can pull it out and at Carnestai, please do it. Uh, but uh, I would not be disappointed if my uh, Justin Rose prediction did not come true there. And if you won that, that would be that would just be great. Anyway. Oh, same here, same here. All right, so that's going to conclude our British Open preview today. Uh, we are going to transition to Le'Veon Bell of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did not sign. A long-term contract by the franchise tag deadline that was uh, yesterday at 4 p.m. Uh, there were some intense negotiations between him and the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers' final offer to Le'Veon Bell was five years, $70 million, and he turned it down. Uh, that contract included $15, $15 million annually over the next two years, so that contract was pretty front-loaded, so there'd be uh, Le'Veon would get his money, definitely. Uh, but Le'Veon wanted more, quite frankly. He wanted 16 to $17 million annually, and he believe, him and his agent believed that the Steelers were not valuing, valuing him enough. So he is set to become an unrestricted free agent in the 2019 offseason. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, there's a lot to be... Um, every year, it, it's, it's... As Steelers fans, Yes, as too. Steelers fans, it's, 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 it's just a disappointment. Uh, a little letdown every year. I mean, um, looking back at the Steelers' history as far as ownership and how they play their play, they never really come up with a huge, huge, huge big deal in a way. But I think Le'Veon Bell has earned it over the past, uh, since he's, since he's began. Um, it's just that disappointment of why can't they put the, uh, why can't they give him, pay the man what he, what he wants? He's come through every year so far with some injury, but he's come back in, in such a um, such a such a huge way every season uh, with this play. Um, how he is, he's so integral in that offense. Uh, I get uh, a little disappointed that the Steelers need to do this at some point soon before they either lose him to free agency next year and not and surprise us all and not pay him and not, you know and then he's gone to someone else. But with uh, you know with Ben with Brown. With the offensive line that they have, with the Pro Bowlers, with the uh, the Castro and Pouncey, uh, that they gotta put something together for him—a complete package to make him happy. So we don't have to go, th- you know, start every season. Is he gonna sign? Is he gonna be disgruntled? Is he gonna, you know? But over the past two years, he's he's been doing that, and he has stepped up. I, well, what year was he injured and he didn't start the the, the season? Well, his or rookie, his rookie oh, sorry, year. Suspended. Well, yeah, suspensions as well. Suspension. But his rookie year, he missed four games. Uh, he has been suspended twice to start two seasons, right? Two and three games, and he de- he missed. He played only six games in twenty fifteen when okay. he tore his MCL yeah. or ACL have, or something. I think I was the year I drafted him in our fantasy too. You did, yeah, I did. So, uh, but that's that's my view on you know to this point. As far as like, I know he'll perform. I know he won't hold out. It was discussion as far as like you know, will he be holding out the, himself? Yeah, Levy, uh, for well, six games. I don't know if he said that. Somewhere. There was a rumor that Adam Schefter reported that he'd be potentially sitting out half the season, and also <laughs> not going to happen. That won't happen. Oh yeah, I don't think it will either. I think it's an empty threat. But in in order to be eligible for 2019 free agency, he needs to play at least six games. I think or something. I don't know. It's some weird rule, but he has to play at least six games uh, if he's right. gonna if he's gonna sit out. I don't think he will at all. That's but, where he got that. The whole idea is to preserve his body so he's healthy enough and he doesn't want to, you know, injure himself and then he loses a bunch of money next year. That's right. the whole point of holding out. Um, so in that, to, to summarize, you're on Team Le'Veon, not Team Steelers in a way. You think Le'Veon is worth the money and if you were the Steelers, I, you would give him pretty much whatever you would I want. believe he is, yes. I, but I, but just with the long Steelers history, not that I, you know, that in-depth. Um, Typically, we don't give I, big contracts. Exactly. We don't give big contracts. We... we of course, we manage our, you know, we manage the, that uh, that financial aspect of the, of the team well, um, but uh, there's just some point that I believe this he's he's a special talent, as we all know, and um, I think they I'm on I'm in you know, Le'Veon Bell camp, you know, as far as I like, give him what he what he deserves, pay the man, 
I have as Dion would say. I have I have a lot a lot to say on this. Um and I know if people are listening they may think I am on Levian's side and I agree with you, but I honestly could not disagree more. Okay. I am completely one hundred percent agree with the Steelers organization not to give him his contract. And I know that may sound shocking, but I Le'Veon makes me so mad. He has made me so mad this offseason and last offseason. I was so done with him because how can you not set your ego aside for the team, a team that has so much potential on offense and power power, not set us. He's making all this fuss over just one, Two, one, one and a half million dollars. Right. Come on, man. They offered you $14 million a year. That is $6 million a year annually, more than any running back that's under contract right now. The highest running back that's under contract right now is Devontae Freeman. I think he gets 8 or $9 million a year. And I understand you're trying to, you know... Much more to of a destroy special back your, than Devontae Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Last you year are the team. best running back in the league, but you, you, they offered you $14 million a year, Le'Veon. They set your ego aside. And the main reason why I don't agree... I agree completely with the Steelers and not him, is teams like the Eagles and the Patriots, they prove to you, they prove to everyone that you can still win a Super Bowl Correct. with a running back by committee. The Patriots do it. They have it every year. The Patriots never have a lead running back. They always, you know, evenly distribute carries. And the Eagles did it last year. You don't need that main workhorse guy. And I think our offensive line is top, top seven, if not top five in the league. As you mentioned, we have two pro bowlers. We have Marquise Pouncey and David Castro, and there's still Andre ha- Villanueva, excuse me, on the on the tackle. Our, yes, I forgot. Yes. Our yes. offensive line is very good, and I think you could get a average. Obviously, there's no one that can replace everything that Le'Veon Bell does, but you can get a guy that's serviceable, and I think we still have enough weapons to, you know, be a top 10 offense in the NFL, if not top five without him. So I. I agree with the Steelers of not paying him and he makes me so mad and I have so much more to say on this that I'm probably forgetting about but I just know I just know that the Steelers I just I I know the Steelers won't do so because of the fact that just with their past history they, they, they do manage their money they spread it around they have the they, they put it towards where they need it the most which is the linebacker uh, linebackers. We definitely need to pay the defense more than we do yeah, Levy. Linebackers and the you know our our secondary has just been you know ha- hasn't been what it has been in the past ten years you know ever since um, you know the uh, Paul Mello you know left or whatnot. Uh, but it's much we, different from back in the Super Bowl days. It is much different than back in those days. And going back to like the offensive line, you know, I think you know as we all know, Le'Veon is so patient. <laughs> he could pick his own hole. So as far as, far as where we have, you know, uh, Villanueva on the one end, and then you know, solidly packed on the inside with uh, the Castro and the All Pro Bowlers with the Pouncey, he can definitely pick his own hole and go wherever he wants. But I just know, yes, I, I agree with you in the regards that he, the Steelers, will manage your money uh, in that regards. So if they don't give someone the big, you know, the uh, the franchise tag and pay pay him what they want uh, or pay him what they, what, what he wants. Uh, that, uh, but I, you know, I'm all for as far as like making as much as you can. Obviously, yeah, you, to, to in within the time frame that you have as a back in this uh, in this league up until your you know whatever mid early 30s. Uh, so he's uh, he's only you know how old in his mid 20s yeah mid 20s right now. So he's just he's he's looking out for what he is, but he is a, he is a special talent um, that I haven't seen in a while as far as in the backfield uh, for the Steelers. And you know what, Le'Veon. 
I'm addressing this right to you, Le'Veon. So listen up, listen up, Le'Veon. Well, 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 he's he's going to be coming to the studio, isn't he? Yeah. Oh no, he doesn't want to see me tonight. <laughs> Le'Veon, listen up. You are irresponsible, quite frankly. I know your days of smoking weed are behind you. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. But you have got Get to spend off it twice. The weed. Stay off the weed, Le'Veon. I know your days of smoking weed are behind you. You have an injury history, and you've. You hurt us really bad last year with the holdout. Yeah. It, people don't realize Le'Veon Bell was not very, not a very good running back in the first month of last season. I know he had a crazy second half of the year, but the holdout really hurt the Steelers last year. We win a couple of those, like we lost to the Bears earlier in the season. If we beat, yep. if we beat them, maybe the one seed, and we have New England. We play the uh, Titans instead of the Jaguars in the division round. The whole season could have been different. You wouldn't have it, had, to, had to depend on the, you know, the home field advantage with that Patriots game. Exactly. You know, uh, the whole season could have been different if you were there the whole time. And you have, you, I, in my opinion, you've gone about getting your money the completely wrong way. You want to see a good example? Look at your teammate, Antonio Brown. Antonio. He shows baby. up every single offseason. He works his butt off every training camp. Calls God. He calls God. He is there every single time. He came up from, he was a sixth round pick. He came up from nothing and he became the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. That's how you get your money if you want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. You don't not show up, you show up and you work hard every day, Le'Veon. So, Good point. Good point. That's how you get your money, Le'Veon. Um, I think Ben's been getting in his ear too, as far as like, you know, he, Ben has been the leader uh, in, on this team and kind of bringing in uh, the, the rookies. Um, the younger players, rookies back in you know in the day or whenever Le'Veon joined, but just to um, he went through his stupid mistakes at the beginning yeah, at the beginning of his career. Uh, but um, yeah, I think he's the uh, he needs to give him a talk to as well. Besides yeah. listening to Mitch, yeah, <laughs> listen to me, Le'Veon. I I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be bittersweet when you're out there this year, and I hope you get everything you got, and I hope we make the Super Bowl run. Obviously, I love the Steelers to death. Oh, we're gonna win but, the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. There you go. Every year. I like that confidence. Oh, we'll, we'll win it. Um, sorry, everyone else, all the other fans of the other, <laughs> of the other 31 teams, but sorry. All right. Well, I think this is a good time to transition. If the, a question begs, does this whole entire situation affect Le'Veon's fantasy value in redraft leagues for this upcoming fantasy season, in your um, opinion? I think it... Uh, slightly, maybe? Slightly. I'm not, I, I, I really can't tell d- definitively yes or no at this point because... Uh, of how, yeah, the, how yeah, the rest uh, of the training, the mini camps go, and the preseason starts in a couple of weeks. Um, it, it, it's just you know a lot of time it's just drama, <laughs> and it's it, it, but I think it's slightly it will. Uh, I don't think he'll be you know he'll still be picked up within the first uh, oh surefire first round within pick, the but first I'm... round towards the end of the first round if not if someone you know if if things no, get a little I... bit more shaky with uh, in media in the next couple of weeks. But uh, it really is to build drama. So I, I think slightly, but not, you know, more than. No, that. yeah. It, uh, like we said before, we think the holding out is an empty threat. Le'Veon obviously cares about his money. He's not gonna sit out and lose game checks. But you're winning these. You're playing these to win rings, to win the yeah. championships right now, especially when you're in your mid twenties. So yeah, you know I, what I mean, I, I in terms of redraft leagues, fantasy value, he's not dropping many spots. You can maybe make the case of taking. Elliott and Johnson, David Johnson over him, maybe, but but you're going to take he, him whether he holds out or not. Yeah, yeah. If he if he is going to hold out for six games, you have oh, two, well, or, two yeah. or three other your RB two threes and fours 
that uh, you just have to be smart in picking and um, you know you, you survive with them and then when the, you know you have Le'Veon coming back you're going to be in full swing yeah it, it doesn't affect his no. value that much maybe a few picks he drops back but still a surefire middle to beginning of first round selection um, LaShawn McCoy is definitely a lot more of a concern than him like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah I mean that's a whole oh, other yeah. mess he could definitely I could see his value dropping a lot in the coming weeks in, when fantasy drafts are starting up but I've been on the pit campus uh, for the past couple of days and uh, McCoy's uh, stuff is nowhere to be found so all the McCoy statues are uh, <laughs> all being the McCoy torn stat- <laughs> all the statues are being torn down like the south uh, like the southern statues over the past year, but yeah, it's 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 a mess over there on the University of uh, Pittsburgh campus. But yeah, McCoy's uh, McCoy's status is going to be definitely that's a crazy that, situation. That, that is, oh yeah, he's definitely going to be dropped down to yeah, who knows five or six rounds. Maybe I'm sure he'll be picked up somewhere. Yeah, it'll sort itself out with the um, with the his draft position there. Uh, we're going to talk about another running back, uh, Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. We love it. We haven't really talked about him too Love much it. on the hog line here. Big fan of Saquon. Uh, yeah, obviously, very special talent. Uh, very excited to see what he does in the NFL. He is going in non-PPR leagues. I believe he is going around the seventh pick in the first round. And I wanted to ask the question to you. Non-PPR leagues. He's going to seventh. I, I, his PPR value is around the same, honestly. But he's going around... One seven, one eight, like the seventh or eighth pick in the first round. Do you think that's too high for him? What are your concern? Are there any concerns to you about taking him? No, not at all. My, I, I, you saying that seven or seven or eight pick? Um, I don't think that's high at all. I think he's he's a special talent. I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be just as, uh, if not more, in my opinion, than Zeke a couple years ago. His rookie uh, year. His rookie year. People coming in uh, were. Um, not doubtful of Zeke, but I think uh, I think uh, Saquon has a lot more, much more versatile. If you're looking at like I, I'm not comparing him to, to to the Zeke thing, but I did bring him up as far as like I think he's got much more talent. He's definitely on the Le'Veon Bell type thing as far as like the on both sides, as far as like going out to the flat, running up the middle, taking control of a game in that regard. So I really think he's going to be something special in the NFL. So I think seven is not uh, high at all. I, yeah. I, I could even see him five. Yeah. Um, you know, just no, going, you yeah. know, someone wants to be bold. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, he's not. Um, obviously, I completely agree with you. I am all in on Saquon Barkley this year. Uh, I mean, if you want to highlight a few concerns about him, I mean, every player's got something. I mean, the Giants' offensive yeah, line. Yeah. Uh, no, not talking about him. I'm yeah, just talking about a situation the in general. Right. The, the Giants' offensive line last year was horrendous. Awful. Uh, it was terrible. It was just a horrible uh, situation with the. A, ben McAdoo. Oh, ben McAdoo. Awful. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's the spickle. That could yeah. be like a whole other show. But anyway, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, their offensive line was terrible last year. They did make some improvements. They added uh, Nate Solder from New England, uh, offensive tackle, and they drafted Will Hernandez, I believe, in the second round of the NFL draft out of, uh, I think he went to UTEP. I could be wrong on that. But uh, a very high prospect, uh, one of the top five guards in the 2018 NFL draft. Isn't Lawrence Taylor coming back? Lawrence Taylor, uh, I, I think they would like He's Lawrence Taylor. He probably yeah. could come back. Yeah, I mean, the Giants could uh, <laughs> definitely improve from last year. Their offensive line, you know, it's still not perfect. Definitely uh, improve from last season, but I mean, that could definitely be a concern when you're looking at Saquon's situation. Saquon and, could be a draw. Uh, he could be a draw for other, you know, you know no, offensive yeah. linemen coming in the future. I mean, the next couple of years, you know, to determine on how the Giants pick. Um, to 
guard him or to open up you know options for him. Yeah, and then and, another concern could potentially be that they have so many weapons. I mean, obviously Saquon's going to get the vast majority of the uh, ground game and the carries from the Giants, but you know, in terms of the, his passing, uh, pass catching ability could be limited in a sense that they have got Odell Beckham coming back from injury, Sterling Shepard coming back from injury, and you got a second year tight end in Evan Ingram coming back. So there's a lot of targets to go around in the passing game. So I, I'm saying I'm just nitpicking here. These are just concerns that you could see with Saquon. Sure. I think he's completely fine, and I, I would he's a surefire pick in my opinion. I think he's going to be outstanding. Definitely, 100. percent Yeah. So uh, that's Saquon Barkley. Another question that we have here is, uh, what is your quarterback draft strategy? Quarterback. <laughs> I, I, we're in the same league, so he doesn't want to reveal, reveal uh, everything here. But, uh, you know, just a quick, a quick few tips here. What are your thoughts on just the quarterback position in general? I will cave, as I always do, probably. Yeah, he always... <laughs> Most he, likely, I will cave. T- tell him your draft strategy every my year. My draft strategy every year, every year is that I'm going to be picking a quarterback probably in the later after around, we'll say, seven. Uh, seven or eight to pick a quarterback because just of all the other options you have with, that you need to pick up with a uh, with the running back, strong running backs and, and wide receivers, especially receivers. And nowadays, in my opinion, just it's, it's all passing. You got to build. So that. that's my plan. I'm, I'm not going to pick a quarterback any earlier than round six, we'll say. <laughs> and I always cave and pick one in the third round or third round or fourth round. I mean, so. hey, it, it worked out for you <laughs> last year. year. It worked uh, out for me. He picked Tom Brady last Saint year. Thomas last year in the, the goat. And he will be the goat. And just because, you know, just to give the man some respect. Uh, as he's well earned, uh, but uh, yeah, it worked out well for me last year. So my my strategy, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go out and say I, I've I've had that strategy for the past two years. Don't pick one earlier than round six, but I will probably no earlier than round. I'm gonna say no earlier than round five. You keep moving it up and up. You I said know. seven, six, and five. I'm gonna no earlier than five. Yeah, uh, I mean no earlier than five. There's there's you can't argue the fact that the quarterback position is the deepest in fantasy football. You've guys got like. Phil Rivers going in double-digit rounds, Matthew Stafford, uh, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ben Roethlisberger. You have a lot of guys that could easily finish as a quarterback one at their position going right. in double-digit rounds. So the it's team. hard to argue the value of getting one of those guys later. But um, with that being said, you know, if everyone waits on the quarterback, eventually guys like towards the top like Russell Wilson Russell and Wilson, Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson those Correct. guys are going to fall if everyone waits so if you can get one of those guys at a value spot their their ADP now is it's whatever about like Carson Wentz too yeah Carson Wentz coming back from injury definitely yeah all those guys are going not not all of them like Rodgers and Watson are going in the third or fourth round on average but if they slide and you can get them in the fifth round or something like that that's value right there so who are we kidding I'm picking Drew Brees in round two. Oh yeah that's your main man <laughs> That is your main man. <laughs> Round two. Wow. Wow. You sure you're not gonna draft Monte Ball? If other people, if other people are, hey, stop. <laughs> if people are, you know, either him or Lee Westwood, I'll, uh, yeah, please. You're draft Lee Westwood. I'll, I'll do a, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll draft Lee Westwood. I'll pick him as a, my dark horse in the uh, British in the British Open. But no, I uh, my my view is that uh, there's. Plenty of talented quarterbacks, as as Mitch had as you pointed out. Um, don't panic if you can't get one of those top tier guys. Exactly. Don't panic. Try. Don't panic. Yeah. As a as a Hall of Fame coach said once uh, said to me, "Don't panic, Bill Cower. <laughs> <laughs> don't panic. Uh, yeah, that's quarterback. It's all about value in every position. Honestly, you got to look at the 
their ADPs, and if they slide, you got to go get you got to go get the guys you want at the end of the Correct. day. You know, don't forget about the yeah, Deshaun Watson, bro. Everyone's gonna be not forgetting about him, but oh no, what, I don't, what, what I don't think people are forgetting about Deshaun. What a special Watson. what a special talent we saw him uh, last year, where he, they're gonna be you know fortunate to pick him up and hopefully just pray that he stays healthy. I think he will. He's a big he's a big guy. I called it. I don't want to sing my praises, but I said he was going to be good last year. Did you? During the draft. I don't know why the Browns didn't draft him. They let him go. And who, knows he, what, who knows why the Browns do anything that they do? That's fair. Who knows why they do anything they do? Yeah. I, I can see him winning multiple Super Bowls. You okay. heard it here first in the Hogline podcast. Can we give a shout-out before we end the program? To our man Bryce Harper. The Bryce Harper. Wow. Bryce Harper. Last He's not night. my man. Why is he my man? No, are, are you just just for the, I don't just like for, Bryce just, Harper. Just for the feat that he did last night. What a great the uh, great home run derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can yeah. hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, That's his job. But it's so exciting though. They have the clock now. You know, as far as like counting down, you had to get it in with you know <laughs> underneath that time. I like that. I like the clock they're implementing in the minor leagues with the, uh, you know, with the uh, with pitch count and everything. Everything's just more exciting with the time class. So that was just that was just exciting last night. I just want to give yeah him hats off to Bryce in, in his in his home stadium too. It was very special. I like yeah that. Anyway. I, I can see that, but still I'm not gonna give. I know he's not your man, but I'm yeah, he's saying. not my man. Bryce yeah. Harper, you're not my man. <laughs> but it was a, it was a great uh, it was a great show last night. Yeah, we I I caught a little bit of the home run derby and that was definitely exciting to watch as well. Yeah, for the crowd there too. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's the end of the the episode today. Yeah, yeah. It's thanks great. for thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, pal. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Love you. Love you too. Okay. Uh, yeah. So be sure to follow at the Hogline Podcast on Instagram. And where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, you know what? They can just find the just search Brian. I'm sure you'll find it. My, search Brian. Search Brian. <laughs> You're gonna change it. your name to Brian on Instagram. Exactly. Just Brian. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, find me at the it's, it's Brian underscore yeah, I think you're Brian at, at Brian underscore, underscore Manus. Manus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And you can also follow my personal page at Mitchell Manus on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everyone, and um, Thanks, have guys. a good week. Bye. Peace.